secure financial advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on iTunes. Uh, go to what? iTunes, and then look up Your Money, Your Wealth. You go to purefinancial.com, too. Uh, you could purefinancial forward slash. Just go to purefinancial.com, and, and you'll, you'll, find, you'll find it somewhere. Also, Joe, if you have a podcast app, on your phone, just in the search part of that uh, app, type in your money, your wealth, and there we pop up. There you go. Um, yeah. I don't know how many of you will actually do that <laughs> or want to do we, that. You know what? We know we've got some podcast listeners because we hear from you. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you've got a question, uh, email us at info at purefinancial.com. Info, I-N-F-O at pure. P-U-R-E, financial.com. Or give us comments on the show. You like it, you don't like it. Give us suggestions or give us praise or tell us what we're doing wrong so we can fix it. Ellen really likes praise. It's very insecure. <laughs> very insecure. Those are, the one, those are the emails I keep. The other ones I throw away. <laughs> I give them to you. I, I say, Joe, I think they're talking to you. Yeah, you're, uh, they're, not really think, they're not talking to me. Yeah. I haven't made up any words today. N- no, you've done pretty well. No. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of questions, I got another whole bag full of questions. Okay, here. yeah. What? what uh, let's see what you got. All right. So, um, I- I- Advisor Insights uh, through Investopedia, they send me a bunch of stuff and say, "Hey, you know, people on our website, they have a bunch of questions. Can you help them out? Can you answer these questions?" So I said, "All right, sure." Um, and uh, what we do is we kind of read them on the air here, because a lot of you probably have the same questions. So let me go through a couple of these. Um, Alan, here's one for you. Okay. I'm currently employed by two employers, uh, which brings my yearly income to $170,000. I understand my pre-tax contributions. One of my employers now offers a Roth contribution. Am I eligible to contribute to only one employer's Roth? So I think what he's getting at here, or she's getting at here, is that, all right, I have two jobs. Each employer has a 401k plan. Each employer has a Roth provision in the 401k plan. So before you answer the question now, let me kind of tee this thing up. Okay. Because um, if, you, if you're just joining the show, check the podcast out because we spent a long time talking about backdoor Roth IRAs and everything else. But there's Roth IRAs and there's Roth 401ks. Sure. Then let's make things even more confusing. A Roth IRA has limitations, AGI limitations, adjusted gross income limitations. If you're single, if you make more than $132,000, you cannot put money directly into a Roth IRA, individual retirement account. If you make more than $194,000 as a married, finally, jointly couple, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA if you make more than that. However, and the the income or the the limitation for contributions is $5,500. If you're over 50, you could put in 6,500 if you qualify from an income perspective. However, the Roth 401k is a totally different animal. 
There is no income limitation here. So if you make 500 grand a year, you can contribute to the Roth provision of the 401k plan. And you can put up to $18,000 into the Roth provision of the 401k. If you're over 50, you can do the catch up, which would get you to a total of 24,000 bucks. So if I make, if I'm a high income wage earner, I can contribute to the Roth plan through my employer up to 18,000. If I'm over 50, 24,000. So that's that limitation. But now it gets a little interesting with this question because he's saying, hey, I have two jobs, right? Both of them have 401k plans. Both of them have a Roth provision in the 401k plans. And my income is over 170,000 bucks. Can I contribute to both plans? Yeah, so that's a good setup, Joe. <laughs> so the answer, first of all, is yes. You can contribute to both plans. However, the IRS looks at both plans uh, with regards to you almost as if they're one plan. So you only get one limitation. So I don't care whether you put $9,000 in one plan and $9,000 in another plan, but you can only have $18,000 total or $24,000 if you're 50 and older. Now, can you contribute to a Roth in either or both plans? The answer is yes. There's no income limitations when it comes to a Roth 401k. That's one of the beauties of the Roth 401k is you can make a million bucks and still go ahead and do that Roth contribution. Here's something I would want you to consider, though, is... I would contribute to the match in both plans. In other words, the employer may have a match, maybe the first 3% or whatever that you put in, they'll match it dollar for dollar. Make sure you at least contribute up to the match in each plan. But the total that you contribute into both plans can't be more than that $18,000 or $24,000. And also the total, whether you mix and match between regular 401k or Roth 401k, it doesn't matter. You can do 50-50, 25%, It can't be more than that $18,000, $24,000. Here's another thing. I, I'm not sure if this individual is married or not. But the income's 170. So let's say you're married. You could do the full $18,000 into the Roth 401k plan. If you're over 50, you can put in $24,000 into the Roth 401k plan. And you can still contribute into a Roth IRA. So you could do both, double up. So let's say I'm married, okay? I make $170,000 a year with my two employers. Just like you, know, I'm going to take his advice. I'm going to say I'm going to max out the match in both of those plans, but then I'm still going to get up to the eighteen thousand. Let's say I'm over fifty, which I'm not, to twenty four thousand dollars. All right. So now I got the twenty four thousand dollars in the Roth, and I took advantage of both matches here. But now I can still put another fifty five hundred dollars into a Roth IRA. My wife can put fifty five hundred dollars into a Roth IRA. Or if we're over 50, 6,500. So that's another $13,000 plus my 24, right? So you just have to understand the rules here when it comes to what the plan, um, what the participation is within the plan on contributions, and then making sure that even though you have an employer plan, you can still go into a Roth. I think that's highly missed. And then also, if you have a spouse, maybe the spouse doesn't have a plan, or the spouse is either staying at home, taking care of the kids, or doing whatever, that spouse can still contribute to a retirement account. It's missed all the time. Yeah, those are key points, Joe, because I think we get this question all the time as well. I didn't, or, or comment, I didn't realize I could do a, a regular IRA or a Roth IRA when I was already in a 401k plan. And the, the truth is, if you're in a company retirement plan, 
you still can do an IRA, but there's income limitation rules that are really low. You're probably above those. You probably can't take a deductible IRA, but you may be able to do a Roth contribution based upon your income or perhaps even a backdoor Roth, as we talked about in the first hour. But those are still available, even if you're in a company 401k plan. Here's another quick question for you, Al. Um, I just purchased a home in January of 2015, and I'm now wanting to sell with a potential profit of about 60000 bucks. I am newly married as of May 2016 and would like to file head of household to avoid paying capital gains. My income alone is 44000 and married we are at 74000 I would like to be sure that I'm under the radar and not having to pay capital gains tax if I sell today. <laughs> Boy, that's a low, there's a lot of stuff there. So here's here's what I'll say right off the bat is if you can wait until January of 2017 and you said you're married, so you get a $250,000 exclusion each, you and your spouse, that's a $500,000 exclusion, then that $60,000 is 100% tax-free. But let's say you have to sell it before that. I don't know what your circumstance is, but let's just say you have to sell it. Now, if you're in the 15% tax bracket, at least that part of the gain will be taxed at zero. But, but all right, no, let's, he's married. How can he file, can he file head of household? No, no, no. That's the next part of the. I was going to get to. That's oh, the I'm next. Sorry. That's all right. But that's the next part of the question. Is is when you're married, you can't file head of household unless you've been separated for six months and have not lived with your spouse for six months. So it's not even an option. How about if I get married in July, right, for the calendar year, <laughs> right? So I wasn't married to her for six months. Yeah, uh, that doesn't work either because oh. it's your marital status at December 31st that determines how you file for that year. So for those of you that want to marry in December, carefully consider whether it should be December or January for tax purposes. So he's $74,000 of income. He's married. So the top of the 15% tax bracket is seventy five. So he's right. got $1,000 that uh, out of the sixty that would be tax-free. The other $59,000, he he's going to have to pay capital gains tax. As it stands right now. Of course, that's before, I don't know if that's before deductions, sure. right? So maybe there's 20,000 deductions. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely better to wait two years when you own your own home and live in your home because then you get a big exclusion, $250,000 per person. So that's the 121 exclusion. Right. So then you have to take a look at more taxes there. So if you have a primary residence, if you've lived in it two out of the last five years, you can uh, reduce your taxes up to two hundred fifty. dollars or if you're married, $500,000. If you're married two out of the or how about if I, question for you. So let's say I have a house, okay? Um, I'm lived in it for one year, 11 months. I'm single. Then I get married, right? Sure. Do I have to be married the full two years or can I be married before December 31st and sell and get the full 500,000? Uh, that's a, that's a great question. The answer is that that two year requirement needs to be met by m both parties. So both parties have to own it and live in it for two year, two Whatever. years. That's the, that's things. <laughs> it does. So it doesn't work. But Joe, I'll tell you, this, uh, these kinds of uh, mistakes, I would call this a mistake because if in, in this particular case you wait a few months, it's tax-free, you pay the tax before, you're making a big mistake. And you can save more on taxes than you think, but you must use a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in. 
Uh, go to our website, purefinancial.com. Uh, we are fee-only registered investment advisor. We don't sell any products. There's never a commission generated to our firm. We're a true fiduciary. Fee-only 100% of the time. You know, there's a ton. We've been doing this 10 years. And it seems like um, all these new little radio show, you know, financial shows keep popping up. Sure. And then they kind of disappear. Then they keep popping up. Right. I, for some reason, this Friday, I was um, driving somewhere and then i keep i hear a couple of ads right here on this lovely radio station sure okay and then i'm like what what who they got? i've never heard of these people yeah so go online Look take a look huh all right that listen to a couple minutes of their podcast it was awful have to shut it off <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they're all kind of trying to sound the same right but then you you have to take a deeper look because all of those individuals they're selling product. It's either uh, commissioned annuities, you know, things like that that are, you know, paying up fairly high commissions. Uh, but hey, you know, they, they kind of talk to talk, and you know, I'm here to, you know, help you to, to become successful financially, which is great. I think, you know, I, I I love the profession that we're in, and there's a lot of phenomenal advisors. Uh, but just, I guess, word to the wise is that just because you hear Al and I on the radio or anyone else, I mean, do due diligence. I'd find out how are they compensated? What types of products are you selling? How long you been around? How many employees do you have? Who does the you know? Are you the a one man shop or how many? Because there's a lot of work involved when you are helping an individual, um, I guess, manage their wealth. Right? We have different departments at our firm, and I don't really want to talk about our firm in a commercial, but I think it's important for people to get. Well, because I, I had an, um, a, a client. You know, several million dollars is working with an advisor, uh, but, but one man shop. And I was like, well, how is he, you know, managing the portfolio? How is he making sure that it's he's tax loss harvesting or she's tax loss harvesting? How's the rebalancing? Where's the overall financial strategies? Where's the tax plan involved? What's this and what? I mean, there's a list of several different questions. You know, then they were kind of thinking about it. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, that that's a good point. Now, you come to our office, we have different departments. We have chartered financial analysts. That's all they do is manage our portfolios. Right? So they look at the portfolios. They make sure it's rebalanced, tax lost harvest, getting the income out. I mean, there's no way one or five people could do it. I mean, we have 52 employees. And we're, very, I mean, we're a small company. But, you know, and, and we don't have millions of clients. Oh, but we want to make sure that the wealth is taken care of, right? And there's zero commissions. We don't believe that, all right, well, here, pay me a commission. Let me sell you a product. No, our clients pay us a fee for the services that we provide. And if the, if the services that we provide are not in line or if there's no value there, they would fire us. So that's just like anything in life. I mean, you get value for what you purchase. If you don't have value there, well, then you, you stop purchasing it. But on the commission side, you don't even know that you're paying the commission. And you don't even know what the value is. Right? It sounds good on the surface. Hey, how would you like a you know guaranteed income for the rest of your life? How would you like to never lose money in the stock market and get equity-like returns and all this other BS? There is no free lunch. You know, so the more educated that you are, I'm glad that you're listening to the radio. I'm glad you're trying to get educated to figure out exactly what you should be doing with your money. Uh, but just, I guess, be careful in a sense where you want to work with a fiduciary 100% of the time where there's no other licenses. 
So if they have a, a broker-dealer affiliation, that means they sell products. Right? So if they're um, under FINRA, yeah, that means they sell products. So if they're just a straight fee only, our boss is our clients. Right? We're not tied to another company to say, hey, sell this product, sell that product. Hey, we package this. Why don't you distribute it to your clients? No, we have the full universe of everything. We look and we work as a fiduciary to make sure that we go out and find the absolute best, the best um, for our clients. If we don't, we're held liable. And we take that very, very seriously. Joe, it's, uh, it's very important. I like what you just said about... Uh, Anyone you listen to on the radio or TV or you read an article or you get an advertisement, check them out. Check us out. Check anybody that you hear out. I, I was reminded about this on Friday. I went and got a hearing test up in uh, what? An Encinitas. Uh, well, I can't hear as well out of my right ear as my left. I already knew that. I got the test. Oh, you can't hear as well out of your right. Yeah, I, I know that. Third what? time in a row. What's that? <laughs> Pardon? Anyway, you know what, Joe? So... This particular um, place that I went was uh, in Encinitas, and sure enough, I looked up, and it was somebody that you and I met years ago, a dentist. And if you recall, this dentist uh, said to us um, when we were talking about what he should do, he and his wife should do, is, uh, and they were behind, like a lot of people are behind, and he was with uh, he had his assets with another advisor who was on the radio. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that got barred from the industry. Yes, and and so this dentist told us, "Well, Joe and Al, you don't understand. I got to take more risk because I'm behind." And we cautioned him. We don't think this is the best course of action, but he stuck with it anyway. This advisor that was on the radio, in fact, for a while followed us on this same radio station. He is now barred from the SEC and is no longer in business. I don't know what the losses were, but there were significant losses to those uh, investors and clients. And it just it, it just makes me sad and mad that there's people like that out there. And, and Joe, I think it's you're right. Most advisors are great, are fine, but boy, you certainly want to check out who you're listening to, particularly if you're getting glossy ads or it's a free steak dinner, or even the people on the radio like you and I. You and I, right? right? Check us out. I mean, that's really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, once you check me out, you probably never listen to it again. <laughs> well, that's okay, too. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but no, you'd look, I mean, you know, I've been doing this close to 20 years. Never uh, knock on wood a complaint. We, uh, we try to make sure that we come up with the most advantageous strategies uh, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to mitigating risk, to creating income, um, you know, mitigating fees and costs as much as we can. And it's not, um, you know, hey, we have this strategy to get you a 10% rate of return with very little risk. It, it, that doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. But it, it, it sounds good. It sells. And um, I guess, I don't know, just be forewarned is, I guess, my only um Statement there. Uh, but do check us out. Go to purefinancial.com. P-U-R-E, purefinancial.com. We, um, Al and I, like um, we've talked about, have been doing this radio show for uh, about 10 years. And so, you know, you'll get some fly by night. Hey, we want to be like Joe and Al. I, I guarantee that's what they're saying. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. All right, we got to take another break. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, when we get back, uh, there's some good news. 
in the world of finances when it comes to your overall money. So there's some new statistics coming out that, hey, some people are actually succeeding with this whole financial planning stuff. You don't want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I am with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to purefinancial.com if you want a little bit more information about us. But Al, you got a couple of different statistics here that um, we're seeing some success with retirees finally. Well, we are. And I guess the first one, Joe, is a, is a recent uh, survey from Tia Kreff. Uh, 1,500 retirees, most of whom worked in higher education, public education, health care, uh, about the steps that they took to prepare for retirement. And uh, right off the bat, um, what they're saying is an overwhelming percentage of these retirees, 86%, are very satisfied or somewhat satisfied with their financial health. So that's a great number, 86%. So then they, they wanted to find out... Um, all right, what, uh, what, what do you guys suggest? What have you done? And, and then what they said collectively uh, was the key first step uh, to look at was to start saving early. Which, and these are, these are educators, these are teachers, and, and we have met with a lot of teachers, and they do tend to save. And it's interesting. My grandfather was a teacher. Grandmother was a substitute teacher. They didn't make a ton of money, but they saved and saved, and they ended up in retirement with a bunch of money because they did the right thing. And so th here's a group of people that uh, now they're starting to reap the rewards of that. Yeah, saving early is key. And I just did a um, kind of a WebEx, um, a, a short, quick video um, for, you know, starting financial planning in your 20s and 30s, right? Because there's key ages that you have to take a look at. 25, I just read, um, is a key age because then you have a couple of jobs, you're out of college, you got a couple, maybe a job or two uh, under your belt. Now it's the time to start saving, right? It, it could be one or two, three percent of your overall paycheck, but then that's when you, you know, people should start saving because 80%, Alan, 80%, and this is by the Census Bureau of um, Economic Research or something like that. Don't quote me on that. You can go to our website and get the actual... The, the real source. <laughs> yeah, the real source. Uh, but it, it said something like 80% of individuals, young individuals, say there's no way that they will have a, feel that they will have enough money to retire. 80%. 80%. 80%. Interesting. Okay. Then, they, then another study was done. It said someone that retires at 25 to age 65, right? So you look at that time period. So they look at 100 people. 1% out of that 100 person will, will be wealthy. And I don't know what their definition of wealthy is. 3% have enough money saved to retire comfortably. Right? Yes. Another three or four percent will still be working after age sixty-five. Sixty-three percent, their sole income will be social security and then basically living with relatives and friends. Yeah, it's crazy. I have heard those kind of stats for actually years, so that doesn't surprise me, but it's uh it's it's discouraging. But, but the then they talk about the one percenters and everything else. Sure. Well, if I start saving at age 25, and if I maximize, let's say, a Roth IRA at 25, 5,500 bucks a year, right? We've, I don't know, do you have your calculator? You go $5,500 at 25 for 40 years, you're going to be a one percenter, even if you only made $50,000 a year, right? Yeah. If you could save 10% of your income. Yeah, I've got actually, I don't have my calculator with me, but here's at 30 years, 40 year old starts with nothing. 
okay? And they just max out their IRA, $5,500 a year until they reach 60. And then uh, 65 or 50, sorry, $6,500 after that, at 7% rate of return, they end up with $555,000. And that's just someone that starts at 40. Imagine if you start at, at age 25. 25, it's in the millions. Millions, millions. Yeah, it's crazy, Joe. And, and so starting early, that's that's obviously a real important point. So, now, and I think, I guess to piggyback off that too, Al, is that a lot of our listeners, right, they have kids and, and you might... They might still be on the payroll. Kick them off the payroll and start a Roth IRA for them. Yes. Right? right? I mean, I'm telling you this, brother. Stop paying the cell phone bills and put that $100 into their Roth. Yeah, we're very close. <laughs> Actually, one we got one kid off the payroll completely, but the other one we're still working on. But he's only 23. Well, <laughs> anyway, so in the same survey, the majority, 54%, said they did not need to make any financial adjustments to their lifestyle uh, after retirement, while another 20% said they made only minor changes. Here's some real success stories from TiaCraft survey for those that are in education. And of course, there's a little caveat here, Joe, and that is those that are in education generally have a decent retirement plan, have a pension plan provided for them, and that really does help. But you know what? The rest of us can create our own retirement account and plan just by saving. And it doesn't really take that much as we just talked about. Now, here's another example, Joe. Now, this is a little bit more than the IRA, but if you max out your 401k, all right, and let's say you start at 40, so you got nothing at age 40. You max out the 401k each and every year. You work till 70. You get a company match of $3,000. At 7% rate of return, you end up with $2.2 million. $2.2 million. And it's what's interesting right now is you look at the average 401k IRA balances of those that are age 55 to 64, those that have retirement plans, it's $100,000. That's a median. That's the median. Half are under. Half are under, half are over. And if you look at all people, because not everyone has a retirement account, you look at all people age 55 to 64, the, the median retirement account balance is $12,000 twelve thousand dollars you know what you half can... of people from 55 to 64 have less than twelve thousand dollars saved yeah so that's that stat that you're just talking about how could 64 percent of people be on social security with their sole income when they retire that's why they haven't done their saving and then you're thinking well you know what i'm age 50 i still i haven't i haven't saved enough well if you max out your 401k at age 50 and work to age 70 you got 1.1 million dollars right there's no reason that you can't get this done. You just have to get started. Yeah, and get started right now. I mean, the most important investment you can make, it's an investment you make in yourself. And I want to give everyone that opportunity right now. But this investment, it's not going to cost you anything, all right? But I can't. we can't do this for everyone. I wish we could, but we can't because of the time and energy that our firm puts into this. So for just a small handful of the listeners um, on our show today, what I want to offer you is a personalized retirement master plan. This is not, I can't do it for everyone. So you need to qualify here. This is a personalized review. All right. And here's what you'll discover. I, I want you to discover how long your savings will truly last in retirement. Highly effective strategies to transform your savings into income in retirement while minimizing your risk how you can increase your Social Security income and potentially earn even more benefits that you'll never see on your Social Security statement. Strategies to legally reduce your taxes in retirement and keep this money for yourself, plus proven defense moves 
to protect your life savings from the skyrocketing cost of healthcare and the volatility on Wall Street. If you do one thing to take control of your money in your retirement, this is it. Our retirement master plan is ideally suited for people who are recently retired or retiring in the next few years. To get yours, you have to call me in the next five minutes. You have to qualify, right, to get this. And what qualification has nothing to do with net worth. It has nothing to do with how much assets that you have. You have to be committed and serious about your retirement. This is not my retirement. This is not Alan's retirement. This is yours. And there's so many of you that have not done the proper planning. You have, and you know it. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, Joey Anderson here, certified financial planner. Uh, Big Al Clopine sitting right next to me. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Go to purefinancial.com if you want more information about us. Hey, i got a couple more questions for you, Al. Okay, good. Um, here's one. Here's an email that came in. My wife and I both draw on our Social Security insurance benefits. We are both 68 years old. We just adopted three grandchildren. Does this change our benefits in any way? Oh, Social Security benefits. Good question. <laughs> what do you think? Because there, there are if you have if you have qualifying dependents, you and regardless of your age, uh, they can receive a minor's benefit. So, gosh, I, don't quote me. You probably know the answer, Joe, but I'm going to say uh, potentially yes. Yeah, I agree with that because there's a but it's the grandchild, and just because they're dependent. Um, they're 68 claiming benefits. We would have to. Yeah, I mean, we have to look it up to be 100 percent sure. But, uh, but I mean, so if it's your own child, for sure. If it's yeah. your own child, there's there's benefits for the child if you're claiming yeah. benefits. And this tends to happen when one spouse is way older than the other one, because usually if you're 68 years old, you know, you don't have a five year old running around unless your spouse is quite a bit younger. But, I mean, you can adopt. Right, so sure, let's say could. I'm 68 yeah, years you old. I adopt. You so if they, if they're fully adopting these children, sure. and they're they're children now, I would say yes. Yeah, I suppose if it's a full adoption. So, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Is there like a step transaction because it's a grandchild <laughs> versus someone from the orphanage? So I guess here's here's let me now that we've had a chance to talk about. It, here's my answer. My answer is yes. There's a possibility, and it's worth checking into further. <laughs> How about that? <sighs> I should have screened these. Uh, yeah, it's actually play. better just to give us questions. I haven't even, you and I have not seen them. All right, uh, here's one that came in. I will be retiring in a month or so, and will be about two years um, before the mandatory withdrawal. So I am assuming that means 70 and a half. Where can I park my money so that I have the least management fees and can earn some returns? Oh. Okay, and I... this, so this these are two totally opposite questions. What is he concerned about here? <laughs> I will retire. Okay, so I will be retiring in a month or so, and will be about two years before the mandatory withdrawal. Where can I park my money so that I can have the least management fees and can earn some returns? Well, let me... <laughs> there's a lot of ways to go with that. I'll start, and you can finish. <laughs> 
So uh, one way you could go with this is he might be thinking that I need something a little bit safer because I got to do these required minimum distributions and so I don't want to lose money. Uh, the truth is when you do a required minimum distribution, you can do it in kind. You can actually have a distribution of stock. Like right. I was going to just yeah, go with that yeah, line of thought yeah, too. Yeah. So let's say you got, uh, or a mutual fund, whatever. Let's say you got a position that you like and you don't necessarily want to sell it and you don't even need the cash for that matter. Well, then uh, when it comes to the time to do the required distribution, you, you distribute shares. And what happens is the shares in that stock or mutual fund, whatever the value is on the date that it gets distributed, number one, you pay tax on as, as if it were cash. And number two, that becomes your tax basis. Right, so if you then later sell this position, then your tax basis is the, what it was worth when it came out, and then you'll either have a gain or a loss after you truly sell it later. So that's one way to answer that question. Yeah, and and I'll come back to the question, I guess. But anything that you take out of a retirement account, it doesn't have to go into cash if it's in an IRA. Right. If it's in a four hundred one k, then it will be distributed cash out to you. Well, that's true. That's a that's a caveat. Right. So that's why it might make sense to roll it into an IRA because then you can just move shares out. So I like this mutual fund. I like this stock. I don't want to sell it. So if I'm taking a required distribution, I can just take the shares out, move that into a brokerage account. How about if I want to do a Roth IRA conversion? I don't have to sell the asset to move it into the Roth. I can just move the shares of the particular asset to get it into the Roth and pay tax on whatever the share amount was. Yeah, and there. Again, it's whatever it was valued at at the date of the conversion is then how you figure out what how to pay the tax. Let's say it was worth $100,000 when you converted it. Well, then you have to pay tax on $100,000, but it can be in shares. So th th this question is just so confusing to me, though. I will be retiring in a month or so. It will be about two years from my mandatory withdrawal. Where can I park my money? So where is it parked now? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so the broader question. So you can keep it wherever it's parked. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> it's parked. Just keep it, keep it in park. I, I, all I can figure is what he's thinking. Or is can he's, I? He's got to liquidate because he's got to get this money out. Uh, that's that's my best guess. But, I mean, I could see. All right, well, here I'm retiring in two months. I got money in a retirement account. Where can I invest my money to get a higher rate of return with the least amount of fees? All right, that's a that's a question. Yeah. So let's answer that. All right. Well, if you want to mitigate your fees as much as you can, then you just take a look at what type of investments that you want to choose. If you buy individual stocks, well, there's no internal fees there. You just have to buy the bid-ask spread on anything that you purchase. Just know that you're taking on a lot of risk if you buy individual stocks. If you want to have a packaged product where you have a little bit more diversification, such as a mutual fund, well, there's different flavors of mutual funds. You can go into, let's say, an index fund where you can buy the Standard & Poor's 500, 500 stocks, all U.S. companies, large companies. Well, the U.S. Or, or, or a total stock market index fund, for that matter, or globally stock market index fund, those costs are anywhere from 10.05% to maybe 20 basis points. Very, very inexpensive. Uh, so you can go into an exchange-traded fund, right? Another very cheap, inexpensive way to get a fully diversified portfolio. But, all right, so now you're getting returns, but is that too much risk for you? Maybe you want to look at a bond fund. So then you can use the same logic there. You can go into individual bonds and pay the commission to buy the bond. You can go into an index fund. You can go into an exchange-traded fund. You can do that there. So I guess that's the best way to do it to with the least amount of management fees. Is there any other thing that you can think of that has low management fees? No, I think you're on track there. I, I, I would say this uh, as a broader answer. When it comes to any kind of investment decision, we have people come to their office that say, 
you know what? I got an extra $100,000. How should I invest Yeah, what, what should I do with it? And that's not a, a, a correct question. Here's a better question. Is my entire portfolio is a million dollars. What is the right investment strategy for me? And then it's like, okay, well, now let's sit down. So we know you got a million dollars, but let's find out when you're going to retire. Let's find out what your fixed income is. But they don't want to tell you that, Al. They don't want to tell you they got a million dollars. They're going to say, you know what? I got this hundred grand, this 50 grand. What would you do with that? Yeah. And Before you, I tell you I got a million. You can't, because I don't want you to sell me anything. Yeah. And I get why they do that. Of course. Of course, it, I would it, do the it's same. Just, it's just you can't answer the question then, because you have. If to, you're working with a true financial yeah, planner, there's you, no you, way I would answer the question. You have to look at everything holistically to figure out the answer. And sometimes people come into our office; they just want tax planning. It's like, well, I got to understand everything about you and look forward 30 years before I can possibly tell you how you should do this current year tax plan. And Joe, that's what tax planning is all about. It's it's looking forward because when you know what the strategies are and when you start thinking about looking in the future, you'll probably make a different decision right now this year than you might otherwise make because it's all about gaining control of, over your taxes. Because really, you got more control over paying taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. But you may not be getting this advice from your stockbroker, financial advisor, or sometimes even your tax preparer because it's not necessarily their expertise to figure out how to lower your taxes in retirement. The only way to do this is to have a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. Uh, for Big Al Clopine, again, my name is Joe Anderson. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. You just listened to Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll see you next week.